Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Sport Podcast. My name's Connor Patton. I'm your host. I'm joined here with my co-host, my buddy, my bro, former number 15 forward from American Heritage. It's my guy. It's Rylan Meckling. How you doing, man? Oh, my goodness. What introduction, man. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm psyched for this. I'm psyched. Awesome. Awesome. So today, guys, um, this is our first episode, actually. Like Rylan said, we are super pumped to be able to get started and be able to talk to you all about our feelings about sports and the latest stories that have come up because of it. And, you know, 2021 and ever since 2020 and COVID, there's a lot of crazy stuff. Ain't that right, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, like, I mean, with how the NBA and everything has just first started off, I mean, oh, man, that huge shutdown just kind of completely kind of kind of changed the momentum of of like all all the sports. First of all, you know, with everything being shut down, um, you know, what's crazy is that, you know, you know, we're from Utah, everyone. And, you know, our Utah Jazz. Like, it was just, you know, usual day, you know, whatnot. We were about to play the Thunder, and I think it was the Thunder. I can't remember who they were playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, how about that game? You know, not even, not even, uh, I mean, they stopped midway, which is crazy. It wasn't like before or after. They just stopped all function, like, immediately. And then uh, how about that point right there just making a, a huge impact worldwide? Not only for like, you know, sports lovers everywhere, but also like, you know, sporting industry, you know, financially, it took a huge, huge blow for this industry. Absolutely. And it all just brands down from the NBA on, you know, it impacted, you know, March Madness that year. March Madness was canceled last year. Very and true. even high school sports were even on the, uh, the threat of being shut down. But thanks for all the healthcare workers and all those who have, um, made this uh, comeback possible for sports it's really appreciated and we're just grateful to be back to continue talking about it oh yeah man like oh i literally i oh my goodness whatever whatever uh, news updates that i see about you know the coronavirus and vaccines and just how the world's doing with all that literally they've, they've been given i mean they've been giving uh, overtime plus i mean that's that's just the effort that i've loved to see i loved that the nfl gave you know, that, you know, the, that medical field, you know, a huge shout out. And, you know, for that Super Bowl, especially, they had a good section of or they had a good portion of that crowd, you know, um, you know, filled up with health care workers. And I really thought that that was a sweet move, you know, just giving a little appreciation. But I obviously think that they deserve, you know, way more than how than, you know, how their efforts have been reflected. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, kind of what we want to start off today talking about you know basketball that's what we're going to be talking about today you can expect to be hearing from a very controversial topic that's come up in the NBA um, starting recently but first we wanted to give a shout out to high school sports and the postseason and wishing them all good luck and uh, Rylan I don't know if you have any uh, region um, championship info about that do you have anything at all you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, high school, you know, I haven't really uh, figured out, you know, uh, or I haven't necessarily given a whole lot of uh, my attention over there. But with how but with how it's shaped up, actually, um, when it, when you when you pointed me out earlier, you know, to just check out with how everything's doing, 
Um, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually just looking at, I'm actually just looking at, you know, uh, the playoffs getting ready here um, uh, from the Max Prep website. And I loved how you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned to me, you know, to keep an eye on uh, Bryce Valley and oh my goodness, like starting off with class, I mean, at class A or class 1A, excuse me. Like I've, I've honestly never heard of this high school. I'll, I'll be, I'll be straight up honest with you. I've never heard of these guys before. And how about, you know, with their 17-3 rating at the best in the state, it's best in the division. I mean, they're 10, I mean, 10 and 0 in the league, uh, in their own region, excuse me. And these guys have been, th- these guys have honestly just been putting in a clinic. I mean, also on road, like 9 and 2, at home, they're 1. And the, uh, honestly, these these guys know how to win. I mean, honestly, everyone else around them in, the, in, this, in this division really needs to keep an eye out on these guys. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Bryce Valley actually won the region tournament um, this weekend. I would know since uh, my brother-in-law, Hunter, actually plays for Valley High School, which is in Orderville. Shout out to Hunter Barrick and the Valley Buffaloes. But yeah, Bryce Valley has really proven themselves um, this year. Um, two years ago, they were state champions and they beat the... Um, high-rated Penguich High School, which was predicted to win, and they came back and won. And now, Bryce Valley sits at number one in the state in 1A. They're led by their leading scorer, Brandon. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, it'll come to, I think it's Brandon Peterson. <laughs> That's my bad, y'all. But Brandon Peterson, he averages around 15 points a game, six foot five, long wingspan, and can just shoot the lights out. And from that mid-range and key, it's just lights out. And he ended that Valley semifinals region game with a two-handed dunk, which just totally sucked the momentum out of the uh, the arena. You don't see a lot of uh, uh, slam dunks in the 1A and 2A regions. I mean, me and you, we pretty much played in a, a two-way type of feel um, league in private school. But you don't really see a lot of that, right? No, and, and and without you know, without you just pointed out with the league that we played, I don't know if any of you uh, that ever listened to this are from Utah, and I've heard of the uh, USSA league. That was the league that we played in, and that and that league, you know, it stood for all the charter and private schools that were not only like in certain areas, but with how our leagues went, it was like it, we, I mean, we played everyone, uh, you know, all around the state. And, and, you know, again, with what you just said there, I mean, I've only, I only remember maybe a couple kids ever, ever dunking in, in one of our games. And it honestly, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just because, uh, you know, none of the kids, you know, were athletic or talented, but I think that, you know, the league has just been, you know, developing interest, you know, um, uh, and I don't know, I mean, bigger programs would have bigger programs um, that we've faced, you know, have more of those. Uh, players that have uh, that have really you know stooped up to that level, or or you know are more recognized in in that league, you know, uh, effort wise. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, I think it really has to do a lot with the kind of respect that was taught to us by the coaches in the USSA, um, especially a lot of the council really was all about respect and all about not rubbing it and people's faces and stuff like that so i can right it was a very protecting league like it it, like they wanted to 
they really were wanting to make sure that no one's like feelings were ever wherever hurt or even try to get hurt anyway. Oh my goodness, yes. that league. Absolutely. And I did butcher that name totally. Brock Syrett is the name. <laughs> no, my bad. Brace Trayson Roberts, man, I'm on a roll today. Trayson Roberts, senior six foot five, man. He was great, and the Bryce Valley Mustangs are heading to the postseason in one A. And um, yeah, um, that's something that we just wanted to bring up. But other region scores you can find on Max Preps and also on um, UHSSA on their website. But good luck to all the Utah high schools in their postseason. And, um, yeah, especially USSA, too. I don't know what really what's going on there, but all I know is our high school is not doing too great. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked in on how our program's been in a bit. I mean, especially with all this, you know, COVID stuff. Like, obviously, that, that you know, our, our previous high school or our, our – our uh, alma mater, you know, they didn't uh, they didn't have any of the athletic programs or any of the uh, the teams. Um, they didn't have anyone play, obviously. But I've I've been really wondering how uh, how their record's been. Do you know if they're active, actually? I have no idea. Um, I could check the uh, USSA um, website actually right now. Um, I mean, do you know their website at all? Uh, it's the it's like it's like utah it's like oh i just i've just found it right i've just found it so let's take a look at our ussa here really quick yeah just in case if anyone wants to know how interesting this league is or how it's even formatted so in the boys division e so in region e we have um at first place we have uh, Terra Academy with a ten and two streak right now, record um, with Vanguard at six and four with RSL Academy um, right behind them, and then it's our alma mater, American Heritage, one and five. Oh boy, yeah, that yeah. kind of sounds about right. No, no, I mean no disrespect, but I mean we were a more feared team when we actually played, so. We'll just make that clear. And then we have Spectrum Academy with no wins. Um, but in Division A, this is a scary division. It's It's got Leighton Christian Academy, Da Vinci Academy, American Heritage, American Fork, and uh, Intermountain um, Christian also. But um, Leighton Christian sits at the top of USAA and Division E, I mean Division A, with uh, 11-0. and 0. So I'm not surprised about that one. Yeah, their their program over there is really incredible. Um, I actually forgot to mention to you my my district manager at my work. Uh, uh, her kids are actually over at that school, and uh, and you know she knows all about that program over there. And I mean, and she and she was just telling me how you know how they've structured everything over there. And oh my goodness, it is it is honestly a really great program. It's gotten a lot of international attention. It's it's gotten a lot of or I don't know I mean a lot of international attention for sure but I mean uh, a lot of eyebrows have been raised ever since the school's really brought its name to light here in Utah yeah very nice well that kind of concludes our portion for uh high school sports so good luck to all you uh high schoolers in the postseason and uh best of luck to you so today we actually wanted to 
get into our main topic right now. So, uh, Rylan, you want to take that away? Yeah, man. All right. All right. NBA All-Star Weekend's coming up, right? They've just announced the, they've just announced the starting lineup for both, you know, the East and the West. Like, over in the West, you know, you got Luka Doncic, Curry, James, Jokic, and Leonard. And over in the East, Irving, Bradley Beal. Thank goodness that he finally gets an all-star appearance. Well-deserved from Bradley Beal, uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, despite the situation down there in Washington. Then, of course, you know, you, you know you've got a Slim Reaper. you got Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. My first question to you, my friend, are there any snubs in the starting lineup? What are your takes? Oh, my gosh. First off, I think, um, first off, that Luka Doncic shouldn't be a starter. I think Damian Lillard, Dame Dalla deserved that starting spot, bro. Oh, absolutely. If you look at his stats, you look at what he's done with the Trailblazers, he's the only one that's keeping them afloat. I mean, CJ McCollum, we haven't really heard much from him. And Yusuf Nurkic, again, out with injury. Who comes to save the day? Dame Dalla, baby. He's been keeping this program of the Portland Trailblazers in playoff contention for so long. I just... It blows my mind that it's only recently that he's become an all-star. And now I feel like he's proven himself to be an even better point guard than Steph Curry. I And I think he really is really the best point guard. He's severely underrated, and I feel like he should be starting for either Doncic or Leonard because I feel like Kawhi Leonard really hasn't proven himself this year yet. Uh, he's been definitely pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you right there. There's definitely a lot of argument and conversation when it comes to comparisons, you know, with Damian and Steph, you know, and Luca and Brazil. Well, I mean, like, I mean, Damian Lillard, he's he's a top scoring point, third ranking in the NBA. I mean, that dude is averaging over 30. There's over there's only three players that are doing that. That's Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and Damian Lillard. So that is that is definitely a conversation that can de- or that's definitely an argument that needless to say I can definitely last for a while. But would you think regardless that he would be you know an all star reserve? It's got to be. It's got to uh, be a no brainer. Oh, uh, obviously, if the league doesn't put him in, I think they're just going to get a lot of complaints. I mean, even you know players are tweeting out how they're surprised that. You know, Damian Lillard isn't a starter. And even Luka Doncic himself said that Damian Lillard deserved the spot more than he did. He There's massive respect for Lillard in this league. And, I mean, he's gotten that ever since, you know, he went to Weber State, you know, repping here at Utah. He was severely underrated. And then going in and taking the Portland Trailblazers to the playoffs and winning the first round after 14 years. I mean, that's... He proved himself there, but people still continue to doubt him, which I feel like is crazy. And I think people really woke up when he sent the Thunder home with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. People then were like, okay, this guy's a bad man. <laughs> right. And I really love how every, I love how, I mean, no, I mean, no hate to the Trailblazers fans, but I love still seeing memes to this day about that one shot over over Paul George. I mean, I mean that will forever be one of the most iconic shots in my opinion that I've probably ever seen. <laughs> I mean, just because, you know, the reaction, it's just a tension between those two. 
But I definitely, no, I definitely agree with you there, man. About Damian, about Damian Lillard. Excuse me. Um, I okay. I don't. I don't. I want to. I want to switch over to another player that has deserved his credit. Bradley Beal, highest scoring right now in the NBA, thirty-two point nine points, basically thirty-three, just to round that sucker up. I mean, Bradley Beal finally getting the recognition. Do you think that this year he's really proved it, or do you think that? You know, a couple years back that he really should have. I mean, this is his first All-Star appearance. What are your takes? I feel like he should have been in here a lot sooner. (laughs) I really feel like he's definitely proven himself a long time ago. I mean, when he was with John Wall, those two were a dynamic duo. Dude, they were a bad pair. They were, and ever since when John Wall was out through injury, who's the one that carried him? It was Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's been on a roll this year, and I'm just glad he's getting the respect that he deserves finally because Russ isn't stepping up. So now it's Bradley Beal's turn, and Russell Westbrook knows that. He knows that this is Beal's team. This is this is Beal's team, and he just needs to run with Beal, honestly, because Russ is, I can honestly say, I think he's just tired of trying to take over, and I think he should. Stop trying to do that because look what happened in Houston. Nothing really happened there. Yeah, that's that's honestly a really great point. I mean, I mean, you and I had this discussion like not too long ago about you know players, especially leaders on teams, you know, knowing their roles or knowing you know what they're supposed to be doing on the court, what their you know positions and jobs are supposed to be. And I really think that 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 situation in Houston, you know, with Russell Westbrook and. James Harden, you know, love, I mean, they both love to have the ball. They both love to be in charge and control nothing. Despite, you know, with their previous OKC, you know, making them, you know, a really, you know, promising French, you know, with Durant with that. But I mean, you know, communication there, I mean, I think you were right on, I think you're right on that. I really think that, you know, roles really need to be established on there. Because Washington, Washington right now, and especially with how a couple of their bench players, you know, how the how the depth can how the depth can grow. I mean, have you seen their luck with like over five hundred uh, over five hundred plus teams? I mean, they've been incredible. I mean, they, they are over five hundred percent when they play teams over five hundred percent. So they honestly have uh, you know a good you know, good something coming. But, you know, again, with what you said, I really think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal just really need to establish, you know, what their roles are on the court. I mean, and honestly, I really think that I need to be established with any team. But needless to say, I really think the, the situation in Washington could improve if that's what Westbrook can actually, you know, kind of kind of bring into light here. Yeah, he really just needs to kind of step back and see what he can contribute to this team because Washington's a very different style of coaching and management. And so right. Russell needs to adjust to that and have Beal be his mentor here. But Right. But and, and, it's like, and it's like, you know, with him, I mean, of course he's going to give you – he's still Russell Westbrook. He's still, you know, a play creator. You know, he can – you know, he'll score when he still needs to. You know, he, he's still an aggressive player that they need. But I mean, you know, I, you know, again, with what you were, you know, with what you just said there, you know, it's Bradley Beal's team. And I really think if Westbrook can, you know, at least, you know, establish, you know, 
I mean, it doesn't matter to me, you know, whether with the stats or not. I mean, if Westbrook can drop a triple-double and Bradley Beal drops 30 and still lose, there's something else that's going on there. And again, I really think that it's just, you know, what their part is on the team. So anyways, I really could go on a little bit more, but I know we have other things we wanted to speak about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So absolutely. Bradley Beal, totally, totally am just so excited to see him play. Totally deserved. Absolutely. Freaking. All right. Now, okay. So with this all-star game lining up, um, do you have, do you have any, uh, have any predictions of who you want on there or who should be on there? Like, what are your takes? I mean, here, we'll, you know, we'll split, you know, we'll split the sides here, man. Uh, who do you think needs to be on the reserves over in, uh, you know, pick a side you want, you want to take East or West here? I'll take, man, I'll probably have to take East here. All right. You can take West. Yeah. All right. So we'll, who do, who do, we'll do like seven other guys, seven other guys. All right, right on, man. Now, who are your takes? Who do you takes? So, out of this lineup that I see, I mean, I can definitely see since Joel Embiid's on there, he's probably going to recruit his guy, you know, Ben Simmons. He's definitely still a killer, six foot ten point guard. You know, can't shoot the three worth crap, but right. he can make plays. That dude can make plays, and he can score inside the three point line. Oh, and yeah, and I mean, did you not, I mean, do you remember his 40-point game that he just dropped on Utah? That wasn't with him, you know, just shooting, you know, from the outside. That wasn't him, you know, and his continuous efforts. You know, that was him actually knowing where he can, you know, uh, you know, just kill these teams defensively. And I, you know, and I, I honestly respect your opinion there. He's really under, I yeah. think he's kind of in an underrated mindset right now. He needs to get a little bit more I mean, respect for what he can do. He can pay any. He can play any position right now. He's just really just a matchmaker nightmare. He's just, well, point guards, it's hard to guard him because he's so big and so tall, and he can come up against, you know, the big guys, the seven-footers, since he's almost a seven, he's pretty much almost a seven-footer. Right. So, it's just, so I'd go with Ben Simmons on here. Oh, man. Number two um, that I'd probably put on here. Um... Gosh, there's a lot that could happen here, dude. Oh, I'm going to have to say that they might. I mean, okay, I'm going to be honest here. I think Gordon Hayward's going to come back to the All-Star game. Dude, I was I, I was going to say, I mean, I remember, you know, showing you my little chart of who I wanted up there, and I was thinking of him exactly. I mean, what, I mean, what yeah. a little, I mean, I don't know if it's a comeback here, but I mean, these are the best stats since his all-star appearance with the Jazz, or his last appearance. I mean, he's just with a great team. He's got great players with him. He's got, you know, Scary Rozier. He's got Miles Turner, who's having an awesome season. And now they have potentially rookie of the year, Lamelo Ball, who's just balling out and is adjusting perfectly to the NBA. So he's in a good mindset, and he's also just training and playing with the bet one of the best guys out in the league um Lamelo ball just being motivated by him to keep working so i think he's having a great success out in charlotte and they're currently number six in the east playoff contention for charlotte potentially absolutely 
and freaking and 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 with and with Lamelo Ball, I mean, I know that those Ball brothers, you know, they got you know they got a lot of criticism for you know with how their appearance was on social media and all that before they came into the league. But Lamelo Ball has been has been literally shutting everyone up. And I mean, I know, I mean, I love how you know ESPN. And, Ble- and Bleacher Report and all those guys, you know, they they love you know spring you know sprinkling highlights of you know the possible rookies of the years. But I mean, Lamelo deserves you know that talk. He deserves that credit. I mean, I mean, on my fantasy right now, man, he is. I mean, he's giving me over like thirty five points. That kid is doing everything for the team. I mean, he's also not one to really take charge of necessarily one you know one uh, type of uh you know subject or like you know a scoring or assists or whatever you know he's not trying to be a stat chaser i'm really thinking that with the leadership and with you know the guys on there hinting at you know gordon hayward possibly for example you know he he can really be in a great position he could really expand his talents this year absolutely so yeah i got absolutely gordon hayward and then who did I just say again? Um, ben Simmons, um, right? And you know, I really feel like there's going to be three Brooklyn Nets. I think James Harden's going to be an All Star. Also, he's really adapting well with Brooklyn, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you uh, had read on ESPN or on the report. I mean, those are the my most frequent uh, sites that I use. I love- on and such, but how they're well, but with how their situation is over there, I mean, himself and Kyrie Irving had a talk or whatnot, and I guess you know with what we were just saying before, knowing your roles on teams, and I and those and they both I guess had had a you know grown up conversation about that, and you know Kyrie and James you know Hart and James Harden know like know what they need to do, like James Harden is up that point. He's he's in my opinion the better distributor and Kyrie Irving I you know I think you know saw that I really think he he saw his talents and I'm really loving how they're both you know being verbal in their communication with that so I really think you know James Harden is an excellent pick alongside with Kyrie Irving if that's what you were going for there oh absolutely them on the court it's just awesome to see those two guards go I mean yeah like how you were saying where Kyrie Irving was like all right. James, you're going to now. I obviously, I definitely agree that Harden is the better distributor. He can just run the run the point and Irving can stay at that attacking slashing guard which he's very good at so, that we've seen ever since his Cleveland days. So, he's just right. got that skill. So, all right. My next player that I'll have to go with for number 4 is Gotta be my guy, Jason Tatum. Jason, Jason Tatum. Tatum. Okay. Jason Tatum, right. man. He's he's a he's a killer, man. He reminds me of Kobe a little bit. He's just got that killer step back, and he plays like him too. And he's just kept the Boston Celtics um, a contending team, even ever since he got drafted. Man, I mean. He gave LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2018 a run and took them to a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think he was just his second year or first year in the league. And he was a scary guy. And not a lot of guys can do that. 
and how how he's been developing over time and everything, I think he definitely deserves that. He's definitely the face of the franchise right now. He's he's definitely you know living up to his mark and to his name. You know, he helped make it a tough series from when they were faced two years ago against Cavaliers. Yeah, that was that. scary. Oh no, no, keep going. Yeah, no, yeah. And okay, so if you're going on the Celtics side here, I mean, this is just me, you know, pointing out, you know, a thought. Does Jalen Brown enter this conversation as well as a reserve, or do you think Jason Tatum would lighten that up? What are, What are your thoughts on that? Oh gosh, I mean, they're both great players and great draft picks from these past few years. Um, I don't really know. I personally haven't seen any of Jason Tatum's highlights or know any of his stats right now, but I can definitely look at that. But I feel like Jalen Brown definitely is a bit underrated in that way when it comes to his scoring and how he contributes on the floor. But uh, right, I honestly don't know. I mean, has he been an all-star already? No, Jalen Brown has not been in that conversation yet. But, but I mean, neither has Jason Tatum. But the reason why I pointed out him as well, you know, linking up that duo, is that they're both averaging over 25 points. Like, literally, Jason Tatum just has an edge with 0.2 points over him. Like, these guys have been averaging, you know, 50 together on the court while they're both on the court for 33-plus minutes. So, I Man. mean, the conversation can really be, you know, is is it is it Jason Tatum without you know Jalen Brown? You know, is it one without the other? Oh man! But I mean, don't, but I mean, those are just my thoughts on that. You know, food. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Jalen Brown might be a snub. He might get snubbed out of the All Star game, which I would hate to happen since he's a great young player. But I don't know. I'd have to get back to you on that one. But oh man, he's they're both great players. Jeez. So going along with that, for my fifth player that I'd pick, oh boy. Jeez. There's just so many good players coming out of the East this year, which I'm just really excited to watch. Um, I think that Trey Young is an all, another great young player who's going to make the All Star team also. Oh, he's been incredible. I, I have been loving that kid. That is that is a great choice. Yeah, Trey Young is just he's keeping he's doing his best to keep his Hawks from uh, getting eliminated from the playoffs. I really think they have a real chance this year, but it's just really hard because they got one top ten pick with Onya Okongwu from USC, who played with Lamelo Ball and the Ball brothers in Chino Hills in high school, and he was just an absolute, absolute beast. You know, six foot eight as a freshman in high school. So he's just had great leadership around him, and I feel like when Okongwu is all healthy and said that the Hawks are going to be dangerous, but right now Trey is carrying that team, and I feel like he deserves an all-star appearance. If Luka Doncic is going to be there, then I feel like Luka should all the more be there also. Oh, that, that is a very great argument, actually. Trey Young has definitely been um, one of the, you know, probably the brightest spot when it comes to Atlanta's offense. And, I mean, it does. And, I mean, to his, and 
have you heard of their situation over there? I know it's a little off topic, but I mean, you know, it's one of the younger stars that, you know, the Trayon's been paired up with there has been John Collins. You know, I'm not saying that he's maybe had, you know, all-star, you know, stats or, or maybe, you know, all-star performances, but he's definitely, you know, in that conversation of, you know, being one of their brighter spots over there in Atlanta. But Atlanta's saying that they may, you know, look past him. So, I mean, you know, with, with Trey Young, you know, having, you know, some good help there, you know, in the post as far as, a, you know, a young buildup, you know, you're really wondering or I'm really wondering, you know, what Atlanta's going to do, you know, pressing on. No, yeah, I have no idea. John Collins is a very good offensive player. He's great. I love that kid. He is awesome. Well, okay, I got two more, right? I got two more picks. Yeah, thank you. Okay, two more picks. I'm going to throw a loop here, and I'm going to say Zach Zach Levine, man, from the Bulls. He is doing awesome. Oh, I was hoping you'd say Zach. Zach Levine from the Bulls is putting on a clinic and is scaring so many Eastern Conference teams. I mean, they're low on rankings. He's he's becoming very clutch. He is. I mean, the Bulls aren't doing necessarily that great, but they're close to playoff contention. If they keep it up, they could land one of the lower seed picks in the playoffs, which would be really needed. But, no, Zach Levine is just, you know, coming from slam dunk contest, being known just for his dunks and not really his offense, to now being one of the sharpest shooters in the league. Absolutely, man. He he's honestly been he's honestly been one of the more bright. I mean, he's honestly been one of the more brighter players that I see having you know an impressive future over in the East. Now, in your in your opinion over there, do you think that uh, you know with him? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a shoe in that he. I mean, the NBA would literally would. I mean, it would literally be called robbery if he wasn't called an All Star, in my opinion, uh, this year. But do you think that with his situation, you know, in Chicago, you know, with how he's been, you know, with how impressive he's been over there, you know, I'm not trying to say single-handedly, but he's definitely been carrying a lot of that load. Do you really do you think that he's, his future should stay in Chicago? Or do you think that he could maybe, you know, help out, you know, a contender, you know, to uh, really make, you know, re- really make a deep push in the playoffs? Oh, man. You know me, man. I'm all about loyalty. I'm all about staying where, you know, you're needed and just doing your best. But the game of the NBA is so different now where it's really all about winning. And if you're not winning, you're not a happy player. I mean, I give props to, you know, some of the great teams who um, really didn't have a a great time and stuck with their teams. I mean, I think of the Jazz back in the 80s where, you know, they are playoff teams, but they always get eliminated. And but eventually they did make the finals twice. But again, they weren't winning. But the NBA now is, you know, it's all about winning. And it's the new norm to see um, all-stars, you know, and um, rising score players go to different teams and, um build a uh, great dynasty um, there. I mean, I think that really started when the Chicago Bulls started winning in the 90s and so many different dynasties came from that. But um, I really feel that if Zach really does want to win, I feel like 
that he just needs to assess and see what new players come into the Bulls organization and uh, what the organization will offer him, honestly, because really it's anyone's game. Honestly, I mean, he's got Kobe White, who's an excellent player also, but really it's up in the air right now. Who knows? That's honestly very that's honestly very true. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see because there's been a lot of speculation on that, but I was just curious. Yeah, absolutely. No, great question. Um and my last guy, yeah, I'm definitely not picking Blake Griffin. That's a whole nother story that we can talk about. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, that guy. Uh man, this is a really tough one. Um for my last pick, um, who was I gonna? Oh man, there's just like so many. I mean, Chris Middleton's one I've been thinking about. Um, I mean, Sabonis. I feel like he's really not that impressive right now, as opposed to last year. And I feel like he shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's a whole nother story, also. Um, <laughs> but I feel that from the Knicks, Julius Randle has really stepped up his game absolutely i i'm i love how you know i don't know if you've noticed this but i loved how um you know years ago when we had lonzo ball uh you know when the when the lakers had lonzo ball um brandon ingram julius Randle, all these guys came from this one organization and after they were traded over you know, maybe a couple of years of development there in between, but wherever they're at after that point, these guys are have been have been amazing players. And Julius Randle being one of them, he has been on. He's honestly been the highlight of the next season, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you got quickly that's really becoming you know an explosive young player and has a lot of caliber uh, for the Knicks, and you know, and a lot of promise. But it's honestly been Julius Randle in that conversation of who on the Knicks, you know, you know, carries them or not necessarily carries, but he plays that leadership. Uh, Absolutely. The Knicks are like looking at like number five in the East. They haven't been in the playoffs in a while. They that would be great to see the Knicks back in the playoffs. But yeah, that's kind of my Eastern Conference standings um, of uh, players who I think would make an excellent Eastern Conference team. So I'll turn it over to you now. So seven guys, who should be the reserves on the West? Oh, man, you know, the first spot that I'm thinking of, man, I'm going straight to Phoenix. And I'm not going for one player, but I'm going for a duo here. And I'm pretty sure you know that I'm talking about Devin Booker and Chris Paul for the conversation. Oh, really? Um, I mean... Devin Booker already, you know, he's he's averaging, I mean, he's averaging great numbers, even with, you know, an offensive attacker like Chris Paul is. I mean, he's averaging over 24 points a game. You know, he's been playing tremendous minutes. Him and Chris Paul, I mean, they're both averaging over 32 right now. And how about, you know, not only, you know, Devin Booker putting out the scoring totals, but you have Chris Paul coming into a new face, being that veteran, you know, being that veteran leader. Uh, that that Phoenix is really needed because I mean you saw what they did you know last year with with uh, you know in the bubble. Do you remember the Phoenix Suns? Bubble? Man, un- like undefeated, team, yeah, undefeated. I mean they were incredible, and I'm not saying that 
and I'm not saying that uh, that they were a horrible team, you know. Before, I mean, they, I mean, they they were a struggling program. I'll give them that. But Devin Booker, I mean, he has been trying to show himself as you know as a star for a long time, and he has been. But now I think he's you know turning into the conversation of you know a superstar, especially after his performances, you know, in the bubble. You know, with how Chris Paul again, with how Chris Paul's influence has been, you know, as a leader on the court. And I mean, his stats are also backing that up too for Chris Paul. I mean, over 17 points still. I mean, that's four rebounds, eight and a half assists. One of the leaders in the league in assists right now. And this month he's been averaging over 20, Chris Paul. And and, and over 20 for Devin Booker this month too. So, I mean, you have a duo like that that's averaging, you know, over 40, 45 points. Um, on a regular basis, these two really, you know, they, they really need to be in that conversation of becoming uh, an all-star this season, uh, for sure. Anywhere Chris Paul goes, they seem to go to the playoffs that next season. He tends to prove them wrong. I just think back to when he went to OKC, you know, everyone thought, oh, there's no way that they're going to make the playoffs. And they ended up getting like the fifth or sixth seed. I mean, Chris Paul just knows how to facil- facilitate his teammates, and especially with his time at his first team, the you know, Charlotte Hornets at the time. I mean, not the Hornets. Uh, yeah, the Hornets. Yeah, because it was kind of switched back. and every- No, New Orleans. He was the New Orleans Hornets. Yeah. And the new- his time in New Orleans with him and Tyson Chandler and how they became a playoff contender. Then his time with the Clippers with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Lamar Odom and all that. They just, Chris Paul just knows how to be a great floor general for any team, especially now with Devin Booker. The team, I mean, the league now has to watch out for those sharp shooting players because they're dangerous. So I feel like that's it. Oh, they, I was, yeah, I was about to comment on that too. I mean, Chris Paul's influence on, on you know, offensively uh, with everyone else. I mean, that bench step, you know, was incredible. You, you, you know, you have to give credit towards the coaching staff for really helping, you know, this bench, you know, become, you know, a dangerous bench. When you have Jay Crowder, you know, Michael Bridges, you got all these guys that are that are producing great numbers, you know, you know, when it's time. And, and I mean, look at Cameron Payne as well. I mean, you have, yeah, you know, I mean, you have a, you know, good standard point guard. And then, you know, there was some, you know, speculation saying that he, you know, he, is, he isn't really making an impact on the floor anymore. But with how the situation has been in Phoenix, in Phoenix excuse me, and with just how the coaching staff has, uh, you know, has been working with rotations and all that with the roster, they, I mean, the whole organization has been making a comeback here. And again, one of that big moves was signing Chris Paul. And again, Chris Paul needs to be an all-star. His his impact, you know, already speaks for itself, in my opinion. Absolutely. All right. Who else you got? But all right, for my third guy, I mentioned it to you before, but I and I know he's out right now. But give me freaking, uh, but give me Christian Wood. Give me Christian Wood from Houston Rockets right now. How about this guy trade? You know, trade it. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I remember mentioning this to you a little while ago. When Detroit made this trade, I was like, man, I mean, that's, you know, that's Houston get, you know, that's Houston putting a lot of effort, you know, or not a lot of effort, but just a lot of time and consideration into this player because it was a big contract. I can't remember the, the numbers exactly, but I mean, this dude got paid and, and I didn't know how his impact would be, but 
he's averaging a double double right now. I mean, I know, again, he's been out for a while, but he's averaging 22 and 10 right now. And with how, and when he was on the court, Houston was doing. Houston was amazing. Him with his combination, you know, of having him, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Demarcus Cousins, they honestly, you know, they could work out the rotations and whatnot. I mean, when Christian Wood is back, Houston can again become, you know, that scary playoff team like they were, you know, when they had James Harden. But the thing was, when James Harden left, not to put, you know, not to put any hate on him as a player, but the leadership situation over there um, and just with how that was in general was not good, you know, for him or the organization. And I'm really glad that both of them parted ways, um, you know, mutually (laughs) as, as much as it did. And um, and Houston, you know, went big for the rebuild. And I think they made some very, you know, promising and honestly, some good, honestly, some smart moves. I mean, I know there are rumors saying that Victor Oladipo might be on the move. And I know they have, you know, uh, they have mentioned that they've separated ways with DeMarcus Cousins. But I mean, all I mean, all the situations aside, I honestly think that's just going to give Christian Wood you know, more opportunity to express himself as a player. And I honestly think he's going to make a great impact for the Houston Rockets this Mm -hmm. season. And, of course, back to my real point, deserves an all-star. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not kidding when you're saying he got paid three-year, $41 million. He's definitely living up to to the Bucs. So I'm excited for how he develops here in Houston. Absolutely. Um, Okay, and now... We just saw this guy drop 50 and a career high, I think, in like field goal percentage, uh, like last night. Um, how about freaking, uh, how about freaking, um, wow, uh, Jamal Murray. There we go. Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets. This kid's been playing. I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if you've been watching the Nuggets this season, but this kid in 35 minutes is averaging 20 right now. Again, he just dropped a 50 point piece. He was 8 of 21, I think, of shooting in that game. I mean, this dude's become electric. I mean, ever since, I mean, th- I mean, this guy was decent, you know, and, and you know, before last season, you know, before the bubble season. But we saw how he operated. He got us all to shut up. And now he's still backing up those numbers. He honestly, with him and Jokic there, I mean, those guys are honestly still making Denver a very dangerous I playoff team and deserves a lot more time. Oh, this absolutely. Season. It was fun watching him in the bubble when Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz and Jamal Murray of the Nuggets were facing off in the playoffs. Man, those were two fun teams to watch, two fun guards with Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. I mean, from what I understood, I think. One of them was close to 50, Jamal Murray, and then Donovan Mitchell had a 50-point game. They're both very evenly matched, and Jamal Murray's just really stepped up. He's electrifying. He's He makes his presence known out on the court. He's a scary guy. I mean, if I were to be out in the NBA right now, the guy that I would be most scared to guard would probably be Jamal Murray because he's very unpredictable. Absolutely, and, and again, and again with Jamal Murray, man, this kid, he has, you know, and he's honestly, what I've loved about his, you know, position though on the team, he has really pushed his role on there. Like, yeah, he was electrifying, you know, with scoring and this kid's very skilled and athletic, 
But I mean, over the last couple seasons, we're like, whoa, you know, where did this, where did this guy come from? And th- this guy's honestly been such a, been such a gem to uh, the Denver Nuggets organization. And I'm really loving how he's just, you know, he's, he's starting to know what his role is. He is a leader and he is recognizing that. And, and, you know, huge props to just what he's been doing this season for the Nuggets and what he did last season, especially in the bubble. This kid's going to be electric. He's going to be one of the faces. Yeah, when you carry your team, I'm you sure carry the of it. Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals and give the Lakers a hard time. Yeah, absolutely. Well deserved. That That's a good pick. Now, freaking, I'm trying to think of other conversations, let's see, of, or other contenders here. Let's see. Did I just notch down three right there? Was that three or four guys? Let's right see. There? All right. Yeah, you had uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Christian Wood, and um, Jamal Murray. So you got three more. Okay. Oh, okay, right on. All right. So we just mentioned the Jazz just barely there with what, how their series went down last season in the bubble over at Disney. But Donovan Mitchell, ever since Shaq, uh, you know, talk some, you know, was, you know, with, I mean, I honestly, I mean, I love watching that clip of, you know, his interview with Shaq, you know, post game. I can't remember who the Jazz were playing after, but I love how since then Donovan Mitchell has kind of basically just been, just has been playing a, a shut up and dribble game. And he's averaging almost 25 points right now. And the Jazz are the number one team in the league right now. Like, I, I don't know if you saw that coming. You know, I know, I know you being a jazz fan and all that, you know, I'm sure, you know, that, I mean, especially everyone here in Utah, you know, always hopes for a good season with the jazz, but they're number one right now. Is it because of of Donovan Mitchell? I really think that's part of it, but I think his influence has been tremendous. And I think, and I think, you know, he's one of the better reasons that, you know, or I think he's one of the, you know, most talkative reasons of why the jazz you know, have earned, you know, have earned this record. I don't think he and the Jazz are getting that much respect. Yeah, definitely shut Shaq up. I mean, (laughs) I'm just glad he proved Shaq wrong, you know? I mean, I definitely know Shaq was trying to use it to just motivate him a little bit. But uh, in in reality, you know, we were kind of scared a little bit, us Jazz fans, because of the drama that was happening between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell about being exposed to the coronavirus. Um, at, right, yeah, I was wondering. we were kind of worried that either one of them would get traded and it would just be kind of detrimental, but because of the maturity, I'm glad they showed maturity and, uh, worked it all out. They've come back to be a really great team. I mean, you've got now Mike Conley, who's having a tremendous season as opposed to last year where injuries kind of kept him back. Now Mike Conley stepping up. And you got Bogey, who's just continuing to knock down the three. And it is just Absolutely. a sharpshooter from down there. And, of course, you know, Gobert with his rebounds and defensive efforts. And so I definitely agree with you that Donovan Mitchell has definitely inspired this team to continue moving forward. And he's got that leadership mentality and absolutely all-star material. Freaking okay. Now I know that a lot of people have been talking about Anthony Davis uh, up and down this season. You know, he hasn't had necessarily the most electric start this season. But I mean, before his injury, 
I really think this guy should still be in all-star consideration, you know, again, despite his injury right now. This guy's averaging 22 and a half points while also while also eight boards and three to four assists. And this guy's also getting in, you know, a steal and about two blocks. I mean, I mean, it, I, I really think I really think his impact. I really think he's still making an, an impactful performance when he's on the court for the Lakers. But I'm wondering what your well, thoughts. Well, yeah, are definitely. That. I was gonna say also like Anthony Davis. I mean, he's the last season. You know, he was tremendous. He was definitely why the Lakers won the championship last year because of Anthony Davis's con- contribution to the Lakers organization. He was definitely that missing Absolutely, piece that they were yes, needing. offensively and defensively. I mean, defensive player of the year, he should have won it, but <laughs> I personally feel like he did him or Gobert. But, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, since LeBron is definitely going to go, you know, that AD is going to follow right behind him because L.A. loves him, and L.A.'s got a lot of fans, and so he's going to get a lot of votes. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and I'm and I'm wanting to and I'm wanting to get down. Oh, yeah, to I wanted it here to. Real I want to ask you one okay. question first. I'm going to try and predict your yeah, yeah. last guy, Zion Williamson, stepping up for this Pelicans team, All Star or, or not? I was actually I was actually I was actually going back and forth between him and and uh, and Brandon Ingram huh. actually. Um, because both of those, because both of those guys, I mean, I mean, okay. I don't know if you saw that Celtics game last night, but those two really showed up in the comeback performance. That was definitely, you know, a great franchise win that I'm sure, you know, they'll both remember for a bit, but I mean, with those two on the court, Zion's efficiency, I mean, he's, I mean, he's averaging 25 points. This kid's in his second season and he's already leading his team in points. He's already grabbing 25 even, almost seven rebounds. And, I mean, he's also picking up the slack, you know, on the defense as well. A steal and a block to his name, too. But, I mean, alongside with him, he's got he's got Brandon Ingram. You know, he's averaging about 23-24. But this kid's also putting up, you know, five, you know, five rebounds and five assists as well. You know, he's paying, you know, he's paying, uh, you, know, you know, his performance and all that, you know, in all these other categories. And I really think that that talk can, I think that that for me is kind of difficult right now to really pick between the two. But I mean, if stats, you know, if stats show anything here, you know, Zion is def has definitely been the more physical side, has definitely been one of the more brighter spots on offense for him. He's all, he's really like, I don't know if you've watched them play, but whenever. But, I mean, whenever they are really needing, you know, a good basket and they're not necessarily having great luck from outside, they're going to they're, – I mean, they're always going to dish it down to him because, I mean, his efficiency inside the paint, man, I mean, he's – I mean, he's he's been shooting great numbers. I mean, this kid – I mean, this kid here, oh, what were his numbers? Oh, especially – especially with last night. I mean, oh yeah, freaking this guy. I mean, he's been shooting over fifty percent for a second-year player for being how electric he is and how we can shoot. That's just incredible. So I mean, yeah, he was talked about a lot, you know, last year. He was hyped up, but I mean, the kid lives to his hype. So I mean, you honestly kind of—I think you may have predicted right. I think uh, Zion may be 
my last choice. And I know some people will say, you know, you know, may disagree on that or not. But I mean, this kid's been the this kid's been a really bright spot with this organization. So I mean, you never know. I really hope the kid can deserve oh, absolutely. Some I mean. If you watch him play down the post, he plays like Shaq. He looks like a Sha- uh, Shaquille O'Neal down there with his body size and how he posts up. He definitely plays like a Shaq. I mean, he's definitely gotten a lot bigger since his high school days, but that has not stopped him from stor- scoring. I remember me and you would be watching him in high school and how amazing he was at Spartansburg Day, Spartansburg Day School. And... Uh, He's continued just to be a an offensive monster. So, yeah, absolutely. I just thought I'd get your say on that. Dude, yeah, no, you got that spot on. I mean, yeah, when, you know, when you said when we watched him, you know, in high school, I mean, this kid, he's gotten a lot of hype, and he has been one of the most talked prospects, you know, high school prospects, you know, coming into the NBA, you know, I think – this generation, uh, you know, has, you know, has ever talked about. I mean, his comparisons of, you know, coming into the NBA, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, I don't know. I mean, when I was hearing, you know, his spec, you know, his speculations of, you know, getting into the NBA and all that, and, you know, the hype that he got, you know, going into Duke and after his great one year that they had with them, you know, unfortunately, you know, the result wasn't what, you know, the Duke program was hoping for. But he solidified, uh, you know, that image of, yeah, I'm the best player. I'm going to be the best player in this draft. And he's owned up to the hype. So, I mean, this kid deserves and still deserves uh, recognition. Absolutely. Huge props. Well, that was our little say on um, um, the uh, 2021 All-Star Game that's coming up. If you feel like you have anything different or any guys that we missed, um, feel free to give us a comment, and uh, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Um, it's definitely been a great night talking basketball, and um, um, we're going to probably leave it tonight. Any final words, my friend? You know, and you know, I mean, to anyone that's listening to this, you know, we're, you know, you know, cut us a little slack here. You know, we're brand new. You know, we're getting into this and all that. But I mean, we really hope to, you know, to anyone that listens to this, you know, it's just, you know, just having a good time. You know, you know, they're. I'm really hoping that you guys are just, you know, enjoying just a, you know, couple guys, you know, just guys being dudes, you know. So I mean, again, if you guys have any suggestions of maybe what we should talk about. Um, in the NBA, you know, players, you know, categories, you know, situations, rumors, draft, you know, drafts, trades, all that. You know, we really want to listen to it. We really want to listen to your input. But we appreciate anyone, you know, takes their time out of Absolutely. the day you know, to hear his answer. Well, and I'll leave you on my note to let you know that next episode we'll be talking about exclusively Utah basketball uh, playoffs that are happening this week and throughout the month of March also. And We'll be analyzing some of our top teams from um, the uh, 1A through 6A divisions and um, some key players to give shout-outs to. Again, my name's Connor Patton, and that is Ryland Meckling, and um, this is Real Sports. And have a great night, and go sports.